Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. One morning, a boy woke up and he walked outside of his house. And he picked up a block that he didn't know what it was. He saw it was burnt. He saw it was broken. And he asked his dad, he said, Dad, what is this? Dad, why don't we have walls and why don't we have gates like everybody else, like every other country? Daddy, why do we live in a home that, that's not very well built? Why do, we, why do we live here where it doesn't look like everywhere else? Daddy, why are you always worried? Why are you always concerned with the things that are happening around us? Why are you, why are you always looking behind your back and wondering if we'll be safe this night? Daddy, tell me what happened. And the dad bent down. He said, son, if these stones could tell a story, they would tell you that one day, years, over 70 years ago, that this, this city was a powerful city. That this city we call home, this city that we call Jerusalem was a mighty city, but you see, son, years ago, our fathers disobeyed God. And because of what they did and because of how they lived, because they worshiped other gods, because they sacrificed their children, because they did things they were not supposed to do, our city was attacked by a nation called Babylon. Daddy, daddy the son says, he said, where's Babylon? He said, son, it's, it's far away. So daddy, what happened next? Well, son, they, they took our people. That's why there's so few of us that live here. Daddy, why are we still here, son? Because we got away. So what are we going to do with these stones? He says, son, I don't know. We're just going to live here because this is our home. And this is where we live. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you so much that you are a great God who does great things in a powerful way. God, I thank you that you take broken, burned up, torn up lives and make them something beautiful. And Lord, I ask, God, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you'd speak to churches all over the valley this morning. Lord, that you'd speak to, and Lord, bless those who are going to church, whether they're at CCV, Lord. Speak through Ashley this morning, Lord. Speak through Caleb over at Desert Springs. Lord, speak through Brian over at Valley Life. Speak through my friend Andrew over at Cross Church, Lord. God, speak through Jared over at um, Desert City Church, Lord. God, I thank you that I live in a valley of, of, of churches that are, that are preaching your name. But Lord, we also live in a valley where there's millions of people who are going to hell this morning. Lord, even though I listed so many pastors, there's not enough. So Lord, I ask God that you would bring up, that you would raise up people to start churches. Lord, that you would stir in our hearts to tell others about Jesus. Lord, speak to us at City View this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you can imagine the city of Jerusalem on that day when Nehemiah, we're in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 2 is where we'll be this morning. If you can picture that story, because that would have been a very common story that a dad would have told his son in a morning when his son actually was asking. I know some of you don't have kids, but kids love to ask questions. They love to ask why. 
And I'm sure there was a son who asked his dad one day, Dad, why do our stones, why are they not in walls, why are they on the ground, and why are they burned? You see, Nehemiah, who is the main character of this story in the book of Nehemiah, his brother came to visit him one day in Nehemiah chapter 1. He said, hey, brother, how are things going in Jerusalem? And his brother said, bro, that's terrible. He says, our walls are torn down, the gates are burned, people are living in distress and in shame. He said, it's a bad situation. And Nehemiah doesn't, doesn't go right to work, and I know some guys, like when we hear things are broken, we go right to work, right, let's fix it. No, he gets right to his knees. And last week I challenged, and some of you I know you were not here last week, and last week I asked each and every person in here, every Wednesday at 1.09 p.m. to pray that God would move, that God would lead us, that God would, would guide us. I got a text from a guy, um, he's, a, he's a pilot, and um, he comes here when he's not flying, and um, <clears throat> I don't know where, I think he's stationed in Atlanta right now, and he texted me, he sent me a picture of his watch, 1.09, and it said, pray for City View. Man, can you imagine if we all actually did that. How many of you prayed um, this week at 109? How many of you? See, some of us, we didn't. Imagine the power of prayer. If God's people, God said, if my people pray, he'll move. He will move. I plead, I beg, I beg of you, please pray with us as a family at 109 on Wednesdays. 109, my alarm went off. I was at a conference. 109, it went off, and I was like, all right, I'm praying. And so this little boy, he asks his dad, and all of a sudden one day this group of men, this, these men walking on horses, entered their city, entered the city of Jerusalem. And that's where we pick it up now in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. It says, so I came to Jerusalem, this is Nehemiah speaking, and I was there three days, and I rose in the night, and I I and a few men with me, I did not tell, tell any of them what God was, was putting in my, in my mind to do for Jerusalem. And there was no animal with me except the animal on which I was riding. So I went out at night by the valley gate and in the direction of the dragon's well and on um, the refuse gate, inspecting the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates were, were consumed by fire. And when I passed on the fountain gate in the king's pool, there was no place for my mount to pass, so I went up at night by the ravine and inspected the wall. Then I entered the valley gate again and returned, and then the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. Nor had I, as I set, nor, nor had I as yet told the Jews, the priests and the nobles, the officials or the rest who did the work." You see, before Nehemiah gets to work, he takes three days and he just sort of gets to know the area. He evaluates the situation. That's what he does. And then one night he gets up and he inspects the walls and he looks and he sees that they are broken. He looks and he sees that they're not as they're supposed to do, that, that it's easy for people to get in. It's easy for the enemy to attack. So then after he went and inspected, he then went and stood in verse 17 in front of the crowd. At some point, he gets this crowd of people together. And I wonder if that same boy was in that crowd. And he goes, Daddy, who is that guy? And his dad says, no, son, I don't know. I don't know who he is, but it seems like we should listen to him. It seems like he knows what he's talking about. So let's listen. 
says that Nehemiah said in verse 17, you see the bad situation we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates are burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a reproach. I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's word, which he had spoken to me. Then they said to me, let us arise and build. So they put their, hand, they put their hands to the good work. But Sanbal and the Horite and um, Tobiah the Ammonite and the official and Geshem the Arab heard it and they mocked us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebuilding against the king? And Nehemiah then said, the God of heaven will give us success. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no portion or right or, remo- or memorial in Jerusalem. So Nehemiah, he, he then states the situation, and I think many times we don't realize the situation. You know, I've been doing a lot of research on, on the city of Phoenix, and specifically this zip code and other zip codes that where people from City View are coming from, and I want to tell you about the zip code of 85027. It's a population of over 40,000 people. That's this zip code right here, over 40,000 people. In this zip code, this is a crazy statistic, over 65% of the people that live in the 85027 zip code have been divorced. So what does that tell you? You know, when I look at broken walls and broken gates, I I see broken families. I grew up in a broken family. My parents got divorced when I was, which we would be one of those statistics, when I was in third grade. And let me tell you, being in, in a family that is divorced, it's tough. It's tough on kids. It's real. It's not the easiest thing. Now, God has blessed me, and I love my parents. I love my family. But that's the reality. That's 65% of the people live in 85027. Over 36,000 people in Arizona are homeless. 36,000 people. That's almost as many people that live in one zip code. There's over 14,000 kids that do not have somebody that they can call mommy or daddy in our foster care system. You see, Nehemiah, he tells the people, he says, hey, I want you to step back. Verse 17, he says, I want you to step back and I want you to look at the situation. He says, then, you see the bad situation we are in. And I'm sure that little boy said, Daddy, I was just asking about that this morning. Daddy, you just told me the story about these broken walls. But this guy, it seems like he's got a solution. He knows what he's going to do. And so Nehemiah says, you see the situation that we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates are burned by fire. Come and let us rebuild. You see, many of them, they had gotten used to the broken walls, the gates burned down, and the neighbors mocking them. Have you ever sort of gotten used to the mess in your home? Have you ever sort of gotten used to a smell that you don't realize is in your home? I had this neighbor, there's this neighbor friend of ours, and every time I'd walk over to their house to play, I hated it. Um, when they would invite me to their home because it smelled like nasty gym socks. You could smell it before you got in the door. You could smell it outside the door. But somehow they did not know they were living in stink. You see, the people of Israel had not realized they were living in such a desolate situation. They hadn't stepped back and looked at the situation. And I'm sure many of us in here, we haven't stepped back and looked at the situation of our city, of our community, of our neighborhoods, and realized our city is broken. But you have the solution 
to fix it. You see, Jesus is a huge God. Jesus has done amazing things. Jesus fixes life. That's what he does. That's what he specializes in. That's why he came. He came to fix the broken walls. He came to fix the broken families. He came to fix the broken lives. That's what Jesus is all about. But Nehemiah had to take the people. He had to show them. He said, hey, look, verse 7, he says, you see the bad situation. I'm sure people, all of a sudden, they got up and they looked. And a kid picked up a stone And he said, like this. And Nehemiah goes, young man, exactly like that. And the young young man looks up at Nehemiah with awe because young boys need strong leaders. Young boys need strong leaders. Young ladies need strong leaders in their life that they can look up to, that they can see living a life that is of so much courage for the Lord. And that little boy looked up at Nehemiah and he's like, this guy is rad. All because he obeyed. He hasn't fought a battle. He hasn't wielded a sword. He hasn't won an NFL football game. He has not done a single thing other than say, do you see that our city is broken and we can fix it? Do you see that your city is broken, but you can fix it? So Nehemiah, he shares with them the sad situation that their city is in. He shares with them how bad things are. He helps them see the scene, but he also helps them realize that it's so much better than they realize. You see, he helps them paint. He paints the story of how God has been doing this work behind the scenes, how God has been moving. He he tells them, he says, hey, guys, so here's the situation. They're probably looking, going, how are we going to afford this? What are we going to do? He says, I got it covered. My king is going to pay for it. They go, we don't have a king in Jerusalem. He goes, no, not that king. They go, well, you're from Babylon. You mean Artaxerxes? He says, no, 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 not that king. I mean, yeah, he's going to pay for it, but that wasn't his idea. That was my God's idea. See, my king is God. Because what does he say at the end? He says, but God will give us success. So he tells them the story about how God is going to move. And let me tell you the story about how God has moved here at City View. You see, when I resigned from the church that I was at and God had said, Jeremiah, I, I, I desire you to plant a church. I want you to reach the city. I want you to continue. I need more churches. I need more people to reach the city for Phoenix, the city of Phoenix. And I said, okay, God, where do you want us to go? What, what does this look like? And and I didn't really know, and, and we were, I was eating lunch over here at, at Fired Pie and uh, with my brother, and we were eating lunch. We're like, hey, well, Let's, let's go look at AMC. And so we walked into AMC, and on that day was a Thursday, and we happened to run into the general manager who does not work on Thursdays. She gave us a tour. She showed us everything. Showed us everything of how, how it would work and what we would be the first church to ever have in this movie theater that we call home for the moment. And she goes, hey, guys, I just want to let you know I don't normally work on Thursdays. In God's favor, as we've been here, we've seen God do so many more things. They, they've given us storage rooms. They've allowed us to, to use different spaces at no extra cost. Our projector died. Actually, we've had three projectors die. 
And I have a relationship with CCV. And I called CCV. I said, hey, our projector died on Sunday. Do you guys have a used one? They said, yeah, come on over and pick it up. So I used it. We used it for about six months, and then I had to call them back. Hey, that projector you gave us? Yeah? I go, it died. Do you have another one? Yeah, sure. Come on over and pick one up. Open hands. A church that barely knows my name, but loves the kingdom of God just as much as I do. And then our projectors, all their used projectors, sort of, we went through them all for them. <laughs> and then they came to the point, well, okay, we're down to a no projector. So now what do we do? And then I got a call from a guy named David Johnson who is the head of the Arizona Southern Baptist. We are part of the SEND network here in Arizona. And he says, hey, Jeremiah, can you do lunch tomorrow? And if he asks you to do lunch, my kids, anytime I say the name David Johnson, like, David Johnson? I go, okay, white David Johnson. Um, almost as cool. I don't know if he's ran any touchdowns, but, you know, it's okay. Um, hey, who put Kleenex up here? That was tricky. How in the world did I not even see? Sorry. Um, so David Johnson says, can you do lunch? And I said, sure. Where do you want to meet? He goes, Chino Banditos. And I don't know how many of you have ever eaten at Chino's. That's, it's, it's, yeah, it's great food for like 15 minutes. Um, and then it's like, hey, Chino, there you are again. Um, and so we meet at Chino's. He says, Jeremiah, what do you need? And I said, I don't know. And so my first thought is always children's ministry. I mean, we can always use stuff for city kids. It's always my first thought. He goes, no, no, no. I mean, do you have a big need? I'm like, well, yeah, we need a new projector. How much? 10000 I go, it's, it's 11700 and like something dollars. He goes, all right, send me the invoice. We'll buy it for you. I have story upon story. I have salvation upon salvation of people walking to the movie theater but coming and meeting Jesus instead. That's the church you call home. That's this church that you call home, City View. So Nehemiah tells the people the favor and how God has been moving and what God has been doing. And then we come to chapter 3 of Nehemiah chapter 3. <clears throat> looking at my time. I was going to tell the worship team, I don't know yet. I'll let you know in like five minutes. And I see here that there are three things that God uses to do what he wants to do. First, God uses people. When you look at Nehemiah chapter 3, in, the, in those 32 verses, God used 40, over 40 different people are mentioned by name, and over 10 groups are mentioned by name. There is, if, if each group only had one person in it, and each person, you're looking at over 100 people that are used to build the walls. But we know groups aren't one. Groups are at least probably 10. But you have entire communities of people working. So you're looking at probably 1,000 people that are helping build this wall. And I want to read to you this list of people. And we're, I'm going to briefly read through them because I, that's just what I'm going to do, okay? Verses 1 through 32, but we're not even going to look at all of them. Verse 1. Then it says, Then Eliashab the high priest arose with his brothers. Verse 5. Moreover, next to him the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not support the work of their master. Verse 7. The men of Gibeah and of Mizpah built and made repairs. Verse 8. Um... 
Uzziah, the son of Hariah, of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs. The officials of the district of Jerusalem made repairs. Next to him, Shalom, the son of Halohiah, I have no clue. The official is doing so good until that guy, Halohesh, the official of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. He and his daughters. I love that. He and his daughters. Because I'll bet you anything, that section of wall looked different than every other section. How much you want to bet? Either it was way more creative. The girls are like, hey, Daddy, can we just make this little design with this patch of rocks? I mean, it's, it'll look good, Dad, I promise. Or maybe the girl's like, Dad, your lines are terrible. They've got to be straighter. Come on, we can't, Dad, that looks awful. What You do the work then. I'll just pick it up. You tell me where to put it. And I'll bet you anything that their part of the wall was way different than every other part of the wall. And I'll bet you that dad beamed that his daughters were serving the Lord. How much you want to bet that dad turned around and every time somebody walked by and looked at that wall, he goes, those are my kids. You don't have any sons? He goes, I don't need sons. My daughters can pick up heavier rocks than your boys can. Where are your boys? Oh, yeah, my boys, they're the stiff-necked people that wouldn't help us. Exactly, get away from my daughters. You see, God uses your gifts and your talents when you offer him your time. God uses your gifts and your talents when you offer him your time. How many of you are holding on to your gifts and your talents because you're not offering God your time? Because God has so much he wants to do through you. And then we continue, verse 14 says, the official of the district of beth Hakram he made repairs. And then the official of the district of Mizpah made repairs. And then we have verse um, 16, the official of half the district of beth Zur made repairs. Do you see these official, official, official? It's verse 17, after him the Levites carried out repairs. The official of half the district of Keel made repairs. After, the, after him their brothers carried out repairs. The official of half the district of the another guy made repairs. Then it says, another official of Zip of, of Zip Zippa made repairs. This is after him, verse 20. Baruch, the son of Zabi, zealously repaired another section. Verse 22. <clears throat> after him, the priests, the men of the valley, carried out repairs. Verse 27. After them, the Tekoites repaired another section. You see, now some people, God couldn't use because they wouldn't let him. You have all sorts of people that are used here, used by God, and they make themselves available. They each make themselves available. They're all busy. All these people are busy. We're all busy. Are we not all busy? Man, I am busy. But I learned this week, I was at a conference, that you always have time. You always have time. It's just what you make time for. You see, you have officials, you have brothers, you have daughters, you have families, you have, you have goldsmiths and perfumers, you have all these different people. Focus on one job. Rebuilding their city. But see, some people didn't get used. Verse 5, it says, Moreover, next to him the Tekoites 
made repairs, but their nobles did not support the work of their masters. That, that verse, verse 5, it also could read, the, NES, the, in, the ESV reads, the nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. The New Living says the leaders refused to work the construction. The NIV says, but their nobles would not put their shoulders under the work. The message says their nobles wouldn't work with their masters and refused to get their hands dirty. The word to, to, um, to the nobles would not support. The idea is they stiffened their necks. They thought of themselves as too good to do the work. You see, Jesus is our example of what it's like to be busy yet always take time. He walked into a room at the end, towards the end of his life. It was this last night with his friends. And he's walking there. They're all having dinner. And they, they walk in after a long day's walk. And nobody's there to wash their feet. And so Jesus, what does he do? He takes off his robe, puts a towel on, and he washes his disciples' feet. He serves them. Jesus is never above anything. He always steps down. He always is an example to us. But yet these nobles were too good for it. We are called to serve as Jesus serves. Next, I see that God, not only does he use people, but he uses their passion. He uses their passion. You know, you, you have those people that, that just have a little more passion than everybody else. I don't know how many of you guys have met Jared around here, but Jared's the guy that gives you a high five. He's like, yo, what's up? How you doing? You rock. You're killing it. He has all those things. He's got a hype level that most people don't. Do you know those kind of people? That's what I think of when I read verse 20. After him, Baruch the son of Zabi zealously repaired Another section. He's the only guy that it talks about his attitude because I'll bet it was different than everybody else. You know everybody else say, you know those people that just get so focused on their work and they're like, okay, this one goes there and they're just focused. And you talk to them, you go, hey, 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 you got a minute? And they're like, what, what do you need? And you know, you get this guy, Baruch, and he's like, yeah, 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 what's going on, man? He's like, man, your wall looks great. He goes over to the wall where the girls are working. He's like, man, ladies, you're killing it over there. And he's running over here looking at the, the Levites. He goes, Levites, that's the best gate I've seen all day long. Keep going. He's like, hey, everybody, we got this. We're killing it. We're building these walls. And Nehemiah goes, who is that guy? And who gave him a Red Bull this morning? But you see, God loves to use your passions. And I'm not saying you have to be all hyped like that because we're not all that way. But how many of you are passionate about something? This morning, I'm trying to set this up. And I'm not the, I mean, I, I, I like to be creative, not going to lie. This is, I love to decorate. But some of you are creative people. Why aren't you using your passions here? Some of you are creative people in children's ministry. You, could, you would be amazing in a classroom with kids. I, I need to keep that. I've been using it all morning. You see, some of my favorite memories as a kid was my Sunday school teachers. My Sunday school teachers that just were so excited to teach. And I know for them, some of them, they're like, oh, dear Lord, we have Jeremiah again today. How do I know? Because I got kicked out. I got in trouble 
My dad used to work at a church, and they had to tell my dad, hey, Al, your son cannot hang out in the office lobby anymore. I had to work. I was like in third grade or something. I don't even know, but you, those of you who serve in our children's ministry, you are amazing. You are raising up the next generation of leaders. You see, your role, your passions, whatever God has put in you is so important. Use them for the Lord. Don't sit on them and waste them. So not only does God use people, not only does God want to use passions, but he uses purpose. The purpose that he's put in us, the idea of here's the definition of a purpose, the reason for which something exists or is done, made use of, made, made to use, an intent or desired result, an end, an aim, a goal. Purpose, meaning the desire to keep going, the drive to finish, the heart to see it completed. That was the Tekoites. It says in verse 27, after them, you see, this is the only group that it says that they did extra work. After them, the Tekoites repaired another section in front of the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Orphel. You see, these guys, even though they're nobles, they're nobles when they go, hey guys, hey guys, will you help us? And their nobles go, I don't serve in children's ministry. Their nobles turn and they go, I don't stand at doors and say hi to people. I don't do that. They, 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 when they're asked, hey, will you pray? And they're like, mm, I'm probably not going to pray. Their nobles stiffen their neck. That's stiffing their necks. That, that's the idea of what they did. When they were asked to serve God, they're like, I don't do that. I'm going to be doing this. I'm too busy. I've got way more important things to do than to do those things. You see, that, so the Tekoites are like, all right, cool, you're lost. Like, hey guys, we finished our section of the wall. Nehemiah, what else you got? Well, guys, I really need that section wall. We got it, Nehemiah, we got it. You just want us to finish whatever walls are left? Yeah, if you guys don't mind, we got it, Nehemiah. We got your back. We're building this wall. We see what you're doing. We see, ne- did I say Nehemiah or Jeremiah? Okay, good. Just want to make sure we had the same name. Um, but we have the same purpose, same heart, to see our wall, to see our city changed. And so these guys, they saw the purpose. They, they knew, they, they could have said, you know what, we're tired. And our wall was big. They could say, you know, I don't want to get burned out, Nehemiah. You know, we've, we don't want to get burned out. We're tired. You know, there's a lot of other people that could do that work. We don't want to get burned out. And Nehemiah's like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Because it's usually what a pastor will do. He's like, I get it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want you to get burned out either. God forbid Jesus would ever get burned out too. They might have thought, you know, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will pick that up. But no, they didn't. They didn't because they saw the purpose. They saw the reason. They saw the end goal. They saw that what we're doing here is bigger than us. What we're doing here is bigger than anything we could imagine or think. You see, they saw the need. They knew the purpose and they got to work. They saw that it was so much bigger than them. They saw that it was for the greater good of those who would come later. They saw that it was for those who would come into their city later on. They'd be able to say, man, I love Jerusalem. It's so safe. And those Tekoites would be like, we helped. Those daughters would be like, we helped. Those perfumers and those goldsmiths and those Levites and those priests and those random men, they'd say, we helped. We helped make it that way. First service, I want to tell you something. 
We have two services, you know that. Did you know that those who are taking care of your kids right now sacrifice first service? They come early to take care of your kids and then they come second service to church. Did you know that? And did you know that for our second service people who serve for you during the service, that they don't have children's ministry for their kids during second service? We have to shut down three classrooms every single Sunday. But they sacrifice for you. I would love to have each of them come in here today, and I'm like, you are the Tekoites. You are the ones that say, what else can we do? I love that. I love that. We have that, but for service, I need you. I need you. Because we're not doing it just for this. We're doing it so that when a new family comes in, if they come in during second service, we're like, I'm so sorry, but we don't have anywhere for your kids to go. And we have a single mom who says, I just need to be away from my kids for one hour today. I am so sorry. But we had to close down all the classrooms. That's not repairing our city. You see, you see, being a part of a church family is so much more. My kids, we had to, cl- I had to help them. We, they, we all helped clean the room. And, I, and they're like, Dad, but they're talking, I can't remember. They're trying to talk about earning and all this stuff. And they're going, no, no, no. We're part of a family. We do this together. That's what we do. It's our home. You see, what we're doing now is creating a church, not just for now, but for those who will come later. For those families in our communities who are hurting and broken, looking to belong, that's why we do what we do. We're creating a safe place for people and for kids to feel loved and welcomed so that they can hear about Jesus and believe in Jesus. That's why we do what we do. We are building a place so that those people that come through our doors can become the men and women, the moms and dads, the sons and daughters, the roommates and the people that we live with so that they can become the people God is calling them to be. You see, City View is so much more than right now. I am looking to the future where we see a city that is being changed by the community of people with a passion for the Lord and a purpose to love our city. Will you join me? Will you join me in this to reach your neighbors, to reach your community, to reach your coworkers, to reach your, the fellow people that are in your classrooms? Will you join me in this? I love what the people of Jerusalem said when Nehemiah shared with them in chapter 2. Hey, here's what we're going to do. You see the situation like, yeah? He goes, we're going to build these walls. And what does it say? It says, and they put their hands to the good work. God uses their gifts and their talents when they said, God, you have my time. God, you have my time. So where will you get plugged in? And if we have, if you've sent in, you're like, Jeremiah, I've sent in stuff and nobody replied back. I am sorry that we did this, but I'm going to guarantee you if, you, if you send something in, you will get a reply. And if you do not, by the following day, you can call the church office and I will talk to you personally. I am sorry if we've dropped the ball on that, but we will not do that anymore. We will not drop the ball. We want to make sure you get plugged in. Where is it that you see yourself serving? You're like, I don't know if I could do this. Here's the thing. I bet every single person, almost every single one said, I don't know how to build a wall. 
I'll bet those daughters go, Dad, we, we're not construction workers. He says, girls, I don't care. I'll teach you. Dad, you're a perfumer. Yeah, it's okay, but I think we'll figure it out together, ladies. And they did. And they built their wall. Where will you make an impact? And maybe you feel called to more than just serving. And serving is just the step. That's where I served. I served in, in their two-year-old classroom. And this young man right here who does all of our lights, he was in my classroom when I was in high school. He was a two-year-old. I'll never forget. Now he's here serving. Let me tell you, it's an amazing thing to serve alongside a young man that I knew at two that I, as a high school student, served in his Sunday school class. So maybe you feel called into even a bigger thing. Maybe you feel called into ministry and you don't know what that looks like. Go onto our app. Go onto the serve page and say, I feel called to ministry and we will connect with you. We've got some new things that we're doing, but I want to ask you today, what will your next step be? Maybe it's just to pray and I doubt it's only that because I can do that. Maybe it's to say, you know what? I do not want to close down another children's ministry classroom as long as I live. That will not happen under my clock. Maybe that's your heart. Maybe your heart is go, Jeremiah, where you, why were you standing at the door today saying hi to people? Well, one, I like to say hi to you guys. But two, we didn't have anybody there. So I did. I don't know if I can do that. It, it's pretty simple. You say hi and you give a fist bump if you hate to shake hands. I get it. Some of us, we don't like germs. It's totally cool. I don't have that pleasure. I'm a pastor, so germs are part of my life. But I ask you, what, what are you going to do? Because you see, God wants to use you. He has given you gifts and He's given you talents. All He says is, Will you give me your time? Give me your time. Lord, I don't know where we're at in this, but God, you've called us to change our city. You've called us to bring hope to our city, to this place that we call home. Lord, we're not just here visiting, Lord, but you've called us to be a part of impacting and changing our home, changing our city. So Lord, burn in us the desire to take a step, to be like the people of Jerusalem, to be like the city that Nehemiah came to, Lord, where they said, we will put our good hands to the work. God, do that through us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.